0: to be in John chapter 6. I'm in a series of sermons entitled, I Need a Miracle. And today we're going to talk about Jesus and our storms. There are seven of Jesus' miracles that John records in his gospel. John includes these miracles because he wants to drive a point home to us. They are called miraculous signs because they are pointing to something. And what they are pointing to is the power of Jesus Christ, which is unleashed when we believe on Him. So we come to the fifth of these seven miracles, and our story today is found in John chapter 6. I'm going to start reading in verse 16. If you're ready. All right, here we go. I love the eight of you who are ready. Here we go. Verse 16 says, Now when evening came, His disciples went down to the sea got into the boat, and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was already dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. Then the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. So when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. Heavenly Father, thank you for this great story, this awesome miracle that John records for us in John chapter 6. Lord, help us to, to read it, to explain it, to understand it. I pray that it would be clear in our minds that you are the great miracle worker and that you have a miracle for us. Help us to also see today, dear Lord, specifically that it doesn't matter what storm we may be in in our life, you are there for us, and you care for us, and you love us, and you can save us from the storms that we face. So speak to our hearts and challenge us today like only you can, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I got a photo I'm going to throw up on the screen. Man, how, how would you like to be in that boat? Right there. Uh, That boat is about to be consumed. In fact, uh, that is an image taken out of a movie movie that uh, came out several years ago. And the movie was entitled The Perfect Storm. It's based on this massive storm that hit off the coast of New England. Uh, The storm was actually a convergence of at least two different storms that caused a powerful force of nature that did incredible damage and sank several ships that were at sea. One of those boats was the Andrea Gale, a fishing boat. Six fishermen were on board and all of them perished in the storm. It was a riveting story and since then the phrase, the perfect storm, has become a part of our American vocabulary. In fact, last night I was in Greenwood at a basketball banquet and our guest speaker While he was speaking, just happened to use the phrase, the perfect storm. Well, a perfect storm is a situation that is made much worse by a rare combination of different circumstances. It's like this. It's like you getting a phone call that tells you one of your relatives or close friends has just had an accident. Maybe they've had a heart heart attack and they have been taken to the ER of one of our local hospitals. You run out of your house to get in your car and go see them. But as you get out the door, you see that you've got a flat tire. The the bad situation is made even worse by your bad situation. So what happens here in John chapter 6 is what we would call a perfect storm. Actually, it is the convergence of two different storms. The first storm was a physical storm. On the Sea of Galilee, which is actually more like a big lake. The Sea of Galilee was known known then as it is still known today for its unpredictable and very treacherous storms. Just like that, a storm can blow up on the Sea of Galilee. Kind of like Friday afternoon right here in the River Valley. Were you a part of that storm? I just happened to have gone home we're redoing the inside of our house, and I had some work to do that afternoon in the house, and, and I went in. I couldn't pull my truck in the garage because the garage is full of our, our furnishings, all of our furniture is out in the garage. So I was in the driveway in the back of the house working, and I, I heard a thump, a thump, a thump. And I said, what is well, I knew I was the only one in the house. What in the world is going on? And I looked out the window, and then it came, man. Then it came, and I ran to the front door to look at my pickup, and all I could do was stand there and cry. (laughs) My pretty little red pickup looks like a teenager with acne right now. I mean... (laughs) It's just all beat up. Of course, the the roofers love hell storms. That that storm beat our church to pieces as well. When you come back tonight to go to Bible study up in the educational building, you'll see that many ceiling tiles are gone. That's because we've had some, some pretty bad leaks up there. Man, I'll tell you, it was a bad storm that we faced on Friday. And it was a horrible storm that these disciples faced on the sea of Galilee, But there was another storm raging at the exact same time. It was an invisible storm that blew up in the lives and in the hearts of these disciples on the boat. Now these guys had just seen Jesus perform a miracle. We read about it last week in John chapter 6. Jesus just fed about 10,000 plus hungry people with a little boy's sack lunch. Remember the little guy had five still crackers and two minnows. <laughs> that was about the sum total of his sack lunch. And Jesus had, had never done something that big in front of that many people. And these disciples could have never been prouder to be a follower of Jesus Christ. They, were, they had their chest bowed out. We know the man. We're, we're the little pokes with the big poke there, man. We know Jesus. They were so excited to be followers of Jesus. But then Jesus did something strange. Remember last week at the end of that story? The people, the crowds, the multitude, some 10,000 of them wanted to make Jesus their king. They loved him so much. He was at the zenith of his popularity. They wanted to exalt him as king. And I'm sure these disciples, they were eating that up. Come on, Jesus, be king. We'll rule beside you. We'll help you. But Jesus did something. Jesus just walked away from it. Jesus would not allow them to make him their hero. And and these disciples just couldn't compute that. They didn't understand this. It was a perfect time for Jesus to assume his Messiahship and to become their king. He was such a hero, but he he just walked away. Maybe these disciples didn't know Jesus as well as they thought they did. And I'm here to tell you, their faith was shaken. He's supposed to be the Messiah. He is supposed to be the King. So why doesn't he take this opportunity? Their faith was shaken. So there was a storm of confusion in their hearts and in their minds. Storm on the outside, a physical storm on the Sea of Galilee... Storm on the inside, their faith has been shaken. And it is the convergence of these two storms that makes for this perfect storm we read about in John chapter 6. Actually, what I'm going to show you in the rest of this sermon is that it is not as much a perfect storm as it is a perfecting storm. Did you get that? little play on words. This storm is going to perfect their faith. These disciples are about to be shaken to the core of their being. They're about to go through an experience like they've never experienced before. They are about to be terrified, scared to death. But God is going to use this storm to stretch and to strengthen, to deepen, and to perfect their faith. It's going to be awesome, man. We're going to learn with them. That no storm, listen to me, no storm in life can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ our Savior. The storms of life that can be so overwhelming to us can never overwhelm Him. The storms that consume us can never consume our Redeemer. Jesus miraculously walks into the dark, turbulent world of these disciples... And His presence, I mean, it is His presence alone that brings peace to troubled, fearful hearts. I want you to see today how Jesus does something like that. How He makes His presence real to us in our storms. Because we're all going to go through storms. Point number one, Jesus sees us in our storms. Whatever storm you're going through today... Jesus sees your storm, and Jesus sees you. Notice verses 16 and 17. Now, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea. They got into the boat. They went over towards Capernaum. And it was already dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. Now, remember from last Sunday, Jesus had just fed 5,000 men plus women plus children. And the disciples after that went down to the lake and they got into their boats. They were going across the Sea of Galilee to Capernaum and they expected Jesus to join them. But so far, Jesus hasn't shown up. Now, this particular miracle that we're reading about in John's gospel is also recorded by two other gospel writers. Matthew has his version of the story and so does Mark. Church, when we're studying an event like this that is recorded and more than one of the gospels, it is important for us to read all the accounts of all the gospel writers so that we can get the complete story. Matthew tells us some points of the story, Mark tells us other points, and John fills in other points. For me, it's kind of like putting a jigsaw puzzle together. And when you got all the accounts and all the pieces together, you get the, you've got this beautiful picture of this awesome miracle. And that's one of the great things about studying the Bible, that you see the complete story of God. So the information that the other gospel writers gives us fills in some of the details. For example, Matthew tells us in Matthew 14, 22, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. Now, that's important because, remember... The disciples are about to face a fierce storm. A storm like they've never seen before. Did Jesus know that they were headed right into this storm? You better believe he did. He knew exactly what he was sending them into. Why? Because Jesus is in complete control. And yes, you know what I'm getting to. Sometimes Jesus is going to send you into a storm. But don't be afraid. He knows what he's doing. All right? Now, they still must have been expecting Jesus to join them. It's getting late, it's getting dark. They decide to go ahead and get in their boat and start towards the other shore. Verse 18 of John's gospel tells us the sea arose because a great wind was blowing, and it happened just like that. Mark goes on to fill in more details for us. When the disciples went down to the lake, Jesus didn't go with them. He wasn't there. Where was Jesus? Well, Mark tells us he was up on a, a mountainside going there to pray. In fact, Mark chapter 6 says, When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. So here's the situation as we've put it together with Matthew, Mark, and John's gospel it's dark. It's dark outside. Evening has come. These disciples are in their boats on the Sea of Galilee without Jesus in the boat with them. A strong wind blows and it causes the, the waters to grow rough. And they're in a mess. I mean, they are in a pickle. Here's the deal and the gospel really points this out. They couldn't see Jesus in fact, I'm here to tell you, the only thing they could see is the storm that's in front of them. They couldn't see Jesus, but Jesus could see them. Okay? Jesus could see them. Guys, if I know anything about life, I know, I know this. There are going to be times when we are so overwhelmed by the storms of life that we feel like we're all alone. Have you been there? Hmm? How reassuring it is to know that even though when I can't see Him because of the storm that is raging around me, I know that He can see me. (laughs) He can see me. We may think that we are in the storm all alone and that Jesus either doesn't know or Jesus doesn't care. But I'm here to tell you Jesus does know and Jesus does care. And Jesus sees what you're going through. And at just the right time, when we trust him, he's going to intervene. And he will make all the difference. Really, that's the next way Jesus makes his presence real to us in the storms of life. Number two, Jesus comes to us in the storms of life. He not only sees us, he comes to where we are. Verse 19, so when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea, drawing near the boat. And they they were scared, man. That's West Texas verbiage right there. They they were were afraid. It it was fearful enough to be right in the middle of a storm like this. These guys could have easily died. They they knew that. Most of these men were fishermen. They had been in storms before. But I, I really think it's safe to say that this may have been one of the most frightening storms that they had ever been in in their life quick time out let me ask you a question have you ever been in a boat either on a big lake or in the sea and a storm hit? Uh, you kind of know what they were going through I've been in some pretty bad storms on pretty big lakes and it's scary but I I can't even begin to imagine the storm these guys were in the Bible tells us having rode for three or four miles they were probably at a point in the lake ...where they were as far from land as they possibly could be. We know that the Sea of Galilee is six miles across. So this put them smack dab in the middle of the Sea of Galilee... ...when this fierce storm broke out. When you put all the gospel accounts together... ...we calculate that the disciples were probably out on the water... ...caught in this storm for at least ten hours... Maybe as long as 12 hours. They were long, dark, grueling, stressful hours. That's scary. Okay? Let me tell you, what terrified them the most was the way in which Jesus presented himself to his disciples. It says in this verse that they saw Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean when it says they saw Jesus that they just sighted him, saying, Hey, Jesus over here! Jesus out there, come on. It's not at all what it means. In fact, the, the other gospel writers tell us that what they thought they were seeing was a ghost, it terrified them. It, in fact, the actual word means that they looked with amazement on something that was really unusual. And I I can only imagine what they thought they saw. There was the foam, the sea spray. At first, maybe they just saw a dark, dark shape that was hovering above these wicked waves. Then it looks like a human figure walking on the water. But how in the world could any human being walk on water like that? They had never seen anything like that. And so superstitiously, they assumed it was a ghost. I mean, what would you think? Have you ever walked on water? I, try, I have tried to barefoot ski. Billy, Billy Carter, it was unsuccessful. This guy right here, Billy, raise your hand, Billy. He's a barefooter, man. He can actually barefoot ski. I've tried that before, but I, I face-planted, man. I, uh, I, I wasn't very successful in my, in my attempt to walk on water. I, I can remember back in the 80s when I was in seminary, a university spent a ton of money trying to invent a means by which a human could walk on water. They did come up with something. They called it Jesus feet. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't. It really wasn't good. Not long ago, Zane and I were watching Mythbusters. And uh, one of the guys on Mythbusters, he tried to do the same thing. And it was funny what he did. Uh, it doesn't work. You can't walk on water. All right? We, we were not made to walk on water. They thought it was a ghost out there on the water. And they were absolutely terrified. Well, we would be too. We're talking about a gripping fear here. This is the kind of fear that causes your heart to race. It causes your mouth to go dry, your hands to shake, and your breathing to speed up. It brings up a pretty cool point, I think. You see, the presence of Jesus with us in our traumatic times, in the storms of our life, can really be a pretty mysterious thing. I mean, it really can be. It can be pretty mysterious when Jesus shows up when the storms are raging around us. Here in this fierce storm, they thought that harm was coming to them when in all actuality, help was coming to them. Here's what the disciples thought. They thought someone evil was coming at them, but it wasn't someone evil coming at them. Really, someone good was coming to them. <laughs> wow. It's really the storm that brought the presence of Jesus and a revelation of Jesus that these disciples would never forget. I'm tell you, they never forgot seeing Jesus walk on the water. The wind that was holding the disciples back couldn't hold Jesus back. The, the waves that threatened to go over their heads were actually under His feet. Right. Woo, man. They were in danger of sinking, but Jesus wasn't. We're looking at the miracles of Jesus. Well, here's the miracle. Miracle number one in this story. I think there are two miracles. I'll come to the second at the end. The first miracle is this miracle right here. Jesus is walking on water. He's walking on the storm. We can't do that, but Jesus can. What an awesome, awesome miracle, and here's the cool part of it. Jesus sees us in our storms. He sees the storms of life that we're in right now, and he doesn't just leave us there. He comes to us. There's no storm that can keep Jesus from you. I love Psalm 46:1. It says God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in our times of trouble. <laughs> and he is In our storms, Jesus sees us, Jesus comes to us. And number three, Jesus speaks to us In our storms in life. The familiar voice of Jesus was heard over the frightful noise of the storm. And his words banished the fear from their hearts. Notice what he says in verse 20. The verse reads, but he said to them, it is I, be not afraid. Do you get that? Pretty cool. Jesus said, hey, guys, it's me. Don't be afraid. You need to see this in its context. This is not a suggestion that Jesus is making. It is a command. It is I. Here's the command. Be not afraid. Don't be fearful. Now, you tell me, how how can Jesus just command us not to be afraid because here's what I know about fear fear is real it is a natural and it is a real emotion and we may think that we have absolutely no control over our fear well you got to remember a couple of weeks ago we learned that every listen every command that Jesus gives us is also a promise follow me Every command he gives is also a promise that in his strength, we can do it. So even though we may think, I can't not be afraid. I can't control my fear. Yes, you can when you trust him. Yes, you can in his strength. So here's what we've got to assume, church. We assume that Jesus cares for us. And He does. And He's here. And He is in control. And if all of that is true, if Jesus cares, if Jesus is here, if Jesus is in control, then I can stop worrying and I can stop being afraid when I trust Him. Boy, that's good. good. That's good preaching right there. If you want to hear good preaching, that was some good preaching right there. And here's, what, here's the deal. Please see my heart, man. I covet this experience for you. I want you to experience this. That in the midst of your storm, that you very simply just open your Bible, and that you open your hearts, and that you let Jesus come to you, and that you let Jesus speak to you, and that you let Jesus dispel your fears. You say, Preacher, it can't be that simple. Oh, yes, it can. Yes, it can. All you've got to do is open His Word, open your heart, let Him speak to you, you trust Him, and the fears go away. Fourth point is this. Jesus saves us in the storms that we face. Verse 21, Then they willingly received Him into the boat, and immediately the boat Boat was at land where they were going. So the receiving of Jesus into the boat was not just a physical thing. It was a spiritual response to what they had just discovered about Jesus in the storm. Matthew in his gospel account says this in verse 33 of chapter 14. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. (laughs) They had had doubts Before, But now they knew this is the Son of God. Listen, church, they would have never seen this about Jesus had they not gone through that storm. They would have never known this truth about Jesus had they not just experienced the storm that they experienced. Whatever storm you go through in your life, you need to know. You need to know today that God is working to reveal Himself to you in such a way... That your response back to him is truly, you are the Son of God. Wow. And you know what? The greatest thing in the world, the, the greatest thing in the world is that when you welcome Jesus into your life, when you welcome Jesus into your boat in the midst of your storm, things change. I mean, things start happening when you get Jesus in the boat. This is pretty cool. The Bible tells us right here that immediately, when Jesus got in the boat, immediately they were at their destination. Immediately they were on the other shore in Capernaum. When Jesus got on the scene, when Jesus stepped in the boat, things changed. Boy, that quick. It had taken them maybe 12 hours to go three miles into the middle of the sea. You know how long it took them to go from the middle of the sea to the other shore? Immediately. Immediately. Well, dude, let me tell you, that's miracle number two. Right. Miracle number one, Jesus is walking on water. Miracle number two, when Jesus gets in the boat, things change. Yeah. Boom, that fast. Yeah. Woo, man. Right. Sometimes you've got to be really dramatic to wake you up. So I... Isn't that cool? Because the cool thing is, when, when you come down here in just a minute and ask Jesus into your boat into your life, into your storm. Dude, I'm telling you, things change that quick. Now, one other thing before I close this message. You need to see it here. The greatest storm, the greatest storm that we face in life is the storm of God's righteous wrath against our sin. And let me tell you, it is a storm. Remember that storm that the perfect storm, that huge wave coming over that boat, the wave of God's righteous wrath is eventually going to consume all sin. That storm is a deadly storm. We're going to perish. We're going to perish if we're not rescued from God's righteous judgment against our sin. That's the story of the Bible. If we are not rescued from our sin we will perish. The amazing thing is that the God who judges our sin is also the very same God who provides rescue from our sin. Wow. So that His righteousness and His love are both satisfied at the exact same time. So, Jesus sees us. Jesus sees you today in whatever condition you're in. Jesus sees you. Number two, He comes to you. He comes to you. Now, big picture is this. Jesus came from heaven. And and it's it's like Jesus laid this old rugged cross across the stormy sea of God's righteous wrath of our sin. And on that old rugged cross, Jesus came to rescue us From the eternal death that we deserved because of our sin. So God's just not in heaven looking down on us saying, who cares about them? He cares for us. So much so, He sent His Son to die for you. Jesus comes to us. Not only that, He has come to us right where we are today. He sees you. He's right here with you. Number three, He speaks to us. There there is a loving invitation coming from the lips of Jesus to you today. And it's something like this. Don't be afraid. It's me. You can find salvation in me. You can find rescue in me. Come to me. And that's how he saves us. When we respond by faith, he saves us. He saves us. Could be you're here today and you've never been saved. You've never confessed your sins to Jesus. You've never invited Jesus into your heart. Friend, you need to be rescued today. You need to do that. You need to turn to Jesus. You need to trust in Jesus. You need to say the sinner's prayer. Jesus forgive me. Come into my heart, change my life, and he will. Just like that. Could be that you're here today and you're like these disciples. You You're just in the middle of a storm and you need Jesus in your boat. (laughs) All you got to do is ask him. So gather up your storms, your problems, the things that are causing confusion in your life today and just bring them to the altar and give them to Jesus. He loves you, man. He loves you. He's got a good plan for your life. The cool thing is this, no matter where you are in your storm, and I've been there, man. You know, I don't know how you look at me and how you see me, but I tell you, what, I've, I've had my storms as well. But here's what I know. Even in the midst of those storms, when I can't see anything other than the huge waves that are around me, whenever I take my eyes off those waves and put my eyes on Jesus, bam, just like that, things get clear. And things change. Immediately, They were at land where they were going. Man, I'd like for that to happen for you today. And it can if you come to Jesus. So, Lord, help my friends do that right now. Help those who are struggling in life's storms to simply turn to you and trust in you and come to you this morning for salvation, for help, for prayer. Lord, we may be here today, and we just simply need to come and pray for somebody else in our family who is in the middle of a perfect storm. Dear Lord, I pray that you would uh, put that burden on our heart to pray for our friends and family members and then to help them through their storm. Again, I love you, Lord. I love my friends who are here. I pray that they would trust you today and come to you. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? Praise team is going to sing. We're going to do something here that we call an invitation. And it's simply this. I'm inviting you to come and pray.